the first hour. And then uh, our special guest uh, from the, uh, the greatest wrestling website in the state and the nation, IndianaMatt.com. Joe Caprino will be here with us. Uh, he will also be our special guest through our first part of it. But, uh, Dane, uh, lots of things to talk about tonight. And uh, people are thinking, how could you talk about wrestling for two hours? And I told Joe before I got here, it's easy. We got a lot to go over tonight. We've got uh, the brackets for the Team State events for all four classes. And uh, we've got a lot of action from yesterday as both Adam Central and South Adams were in action in big super duels. So we'll go over those results. And uh, we want to remind you that we have another show next Monday night. Uh, we were originally scheduled to do a live show from Mishawaka. Joe and I were going to, I don't know if Joe knows this, but we were going to go live from the seating meeting. It was going to be the greatest show probably we've ever done. But uh, the, the Al Smith seating meeting is one of those special places. It's one of, those, one of the real highlights of the year, is it not, Joe? Yeah, it is. It is. It's a lot of fun to get 32 sets of, well, usually it's about 29 sets of coaches, and then there's one or two available by text, and then there's another one that just doesn't show up because whatever. But the pizza's usually good, and it, it, it's, not, it's not a bad show. But anyways, next Monday night we'll be back here live at the Double Eagle. Our guest will be Eric Myers of the Jay County Patriots, former Adam Central Bagiba. And uh, I don't know if this has completely been announced yet, but Coach Myers' team is going to be participating in the 2A Team State event. Was as, it a secret before? Oh, it's not anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> they are the replacement team for the uh, Boonville Panthers. What are the Boonville? The Boonville Boonies. Yeah, I don't know what they are. I forget. <laughs> They're way down there in the south, down by Mount Vernon and Evansville. But uh, Jay County is in, and we'll find out what seed they got or who their first uh, opponent is in the first round. But um, Rex, um, Adam Central headed down to the uh, Yorktown 10-way, which soon became the Yorktown 8-way because of two cancellations as Mount Vernon and Southside, I think, backed out. Uh, we were very rudely not invited to attend, either <laughs> oh, by rude. broadcast or for the paper. Uh, the athletic director and principal both were very, uh, well, we'll just go on from there. <laughs> but uh, Adam Central did participate and uh, in their opening round, as so I pull it up here. because And I'll have, you, I'll have you know we were accosted by an Adam Central Wrestling fan because we did not find a way to make that happen. Yes, the public was not happy, but uh, it, it was not possible for us to go, and we, we apologize. We'll, we'll so, put that into the category of public outcry. Yeah. Uh, Adam Central won two matches. They wrestled four times. They beat Yorktown 45-33, to and they beat Lakeland 48-36. to Unfortunately for Adam Central... Had a couple of weight issues and ended up with two forfeits throughout the day that Tony was not excited about and that really hampered their efforts to finish. Uh, if they would have had their full lineup, they would have pulled off a very nice win, I think, over Avon. Uh, Avon ended up winning that match 39-37. to and Actually, even with the two forfeits, uh, Adam Central was right there with Avon. Uh, Alex Curry picked up his first loss of the year against Tyler Conley. They were tied. He was... Uh, Riding Conley in the third period, Conley got an arm out in a cradle and got a reversal and a three-point near fall and ended up winning 7-2. And in the uh, other match, first was match he up in that, Was that at 152 or was he up at 60? Um, I'm looking at it now <clears throat> against Avon. That was at 152. Tyler okay. Conley is a senior. As a freshman and as a sophomore, he was a state qualifier. Last year didn't qualify, but a very good kid overall. 
um, and and not a, not a bad loss by any means for um, <coughs> for Alex. Now the other round for Adam Central, Bishop Dwanger beat them pretty handily, fifty-seven to twenty-one. And as we mentioned, Jay, <coughs> Jay County being invited to two A, they uh, actually were in because Bishop Dwanger declined the invitation. Bishop Dwanger was the uh, next team in way back in April when we did the team state vote, and uh, they chose not to uh, move on. Bishop Dwanger ends up winning that tournament over Prairie Heights, who came out of the other pool in first place. So uh, a very good showing for uh, the Fort Wayne teams there in Dwanger and Adams Central and Prairie Heights. Uh, Rex, my wife and I went to (coughs) Newcastle then to watch South Adams at the largest high school gymnasium in the world. And uh, it was South Adams in the opening round over Western Boone, 42-24. to They beat Westdale 60-6 to in the opening round. And then against Centerville, uh, they had a really good match. Centerville, one of the top five teams in 1A. Centerville beats South Adams 46-30. to uh, A couple of notable matches there. A.J. Dahl gets beat by Leo Calderon 14-7. to And Jackson Marker from Centerville. Uh, beats Silas Loshi 20-6. to uh, Logan Bauman was a winner for at, uh, South Adams along with Christian Somerset, who was 5-0. and Jacob Plattner had a win, and uh, South Adams picked up a couple of forfeits in that match, and Colton Bullenbacher also went 5-0, and but he only got to wrestle one match, Rex. It was an odd day for him. He got four forfeits. He won the varsity spot at 113, forcing Logan Bauman up to 126. And uh, his first tournament, he gets four forfeits and, and, and only one one match there. So. That's not how you want to start your varsity career, is it? No, not quite. Now, Belmont obviously still on quarantine. Uh, they have not practiced. They will not practice again until this coming week. Uh, we hope that they are back in action against Penn on the 29th uh, so that they can prepare a little bit for Team State, which is on January 2nd. But uh, as of right now, everybody just at home resting and uh, that kind of thing. Another situation that came out, Rex, uh, yesterday, in the middle of the Newcastle match between South Adams and Newcastle, uh, Landon Haggard was into the lineup for the Starfires. He suffers a pretty serious injury. Um, got into a situation where, I don't know if it was a guillotine, but he had his arms sort of cocked behind him. And he, the Newcastle kid was on top. And then all of a sudden, it was just a big gasp on the mat. And... It, couple people started yelling. The official, stop, stop, stop. And the uh, kid was just laying there. At first, I thought he'd hurt his shoulder. But uh, um, Landon actually dislocated his hip, <laughs> pulled, pulled his whole leg out of socket. And uh, it was a pretty nasty injury. That's a tight guillotine. And there, was, uh, there were some really uh, interesting moments there. I, I felt sorry for him. He was in a lot of pain. He was crying. But there were some really cool moments there in that South Adams sort of community uh, his mom wasn't there, but there were a couple of other moms who immediately came down. And when you're in that much pain, just having somebody there with their hand on your shoulder and saying, hey, man, you're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Just take a deep breath. There were a lot of people that came down to the mat, and it was a 15, 20-minute process to, to try to – at first the trainer tried to put his leg back in, and they couldn't. So they had to call the ambulance, and they actually had to take him out on a stretcher and take him to the hospital. Um, and, you know – It showed a lot. I made a post on Facebook earlier. Um, Coach Humble was aware of everything that was going on. Coach Gaskell was trying to deal with his injured wrestler. After they were about ready to take him 
uh, out on the stretcher. Coach Humble comes in, gathers all of the kids around on the team and says, hey, we got to refocus. You know, we can't just give up on the day. He gathered everybody around, said a prayer with all of them. Coach Gaskell was in there, got everybody refocused. Um, and, and, and overall, it was – you hate to see – a team come together and have a moment like that at the expense of someone's injury. But uh, there was a moment there where I, I really was proud to be associated with uh, South Adams wrestling and the way they came together and, and rallied around him. And the last I heard, um, the young man is probably not going to be able to wrestle the rest of the season uh, and potentially not next year, but uh, should make a full recovery. And so uh, if anybody's listening from the Haggard family, we wish uh, Landon the uh, – the best of luck on a recovery, and uh, he showed a lot of grit and a lot of toughness. Uh, it was a gruesome injury. At, you, you could tell any time that that trainer moved his leg, he was not he was not having it. Yeah, Dane, I, I refereed 25 years, and I, I count five major <clears throat> injuries that happen on matches, and they stick with you. I mean, they're 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 gruesome. I've had a couple of double compound fractures of arms that that uh, really stick with you. Uh, dislocated shoulders blown out knees but uh and that's one of the things that you try and calm that that wrestler down and it it's not fun i mean and everybody in the gym kind of gets sick to their stomach feeling but uh it's wrestling it, it happens uh you do the best you can to get through it um and i know that uh wrestlers recover and uh, they'll get through it and there's just so much going on in a situation <clears throat> like that where a lot of the initial focus is on the injured wrestler but you also have the kid who unknowingly caused the injury who obviously didn't mean to do that to him he has some some emotions going through him some feelings uh i know that ron Dahl was out on the mat barry humble was out there they both had words of encouragement to the kid hey you know you didn't do anything wrong that kind of thing and i thought that was a really important moment to to have those conversations with him and from a referee's perspective too you know the referee is thinking, boy, if I would have stopped it two seconds earlier, if I would have done something different, if I would have called it illegally, you know, potentially dangerous earlier. So there's a lot of people having a lot of emotions at that time, and, and, and emotions run high. But overall, I thought the situation was handled very well. The Newcastle athletic director, trainer, uh, did what I, you know, I thought they could best. And uh, overall, just kudos to the uh, South Adams coaching staff. So, Dane, as uh, the weigh-in section has wound down, I know you probably got a spot to read here. I do. You always get great food and fun here at the Double Eagle. We've got a full crowd in front of us tonight. Open for lunch and dinner. The Double Eagle offers a safe environment for a meal or a few libations. The outside patio is open if you care to smoke. The bar and restaurant are both smoke-free. And tonight, Rex, we've got a fish basket and uh, 65-cent wings and shrimp. And Mr. Caprino has sampled the wings, I believe. And uh, your wife and I sampled the fish. And I tell you what, that was one of the f- best fish baskets I've had in town uh, in a long time. And I can't go without a basket of cheese curds. Uh, <laughs> sit down in front of one of the 13 TVs to watch all the games or listen to the wrestling matches and the coaches show right here at the Double Eagle at US 24 West Indicator. And with that, it's time for our first break back to the studio. And I'm going to send it back to Steve Rouse, runner board for us for our first round of commercials. Back with the uh, first period action right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. 
Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Welcome back to the Hager Stephanie Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted here at the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Burlow and Dane filling in, soon to be joined by our special guest, Joe Caprino of IndianaMat.com. And first period has now started, and uh, Dane, you have uh, some uh, Yorktown dual results, Newcastle dual results, and a list of teams competing in teams and their records. Yeah, we went over the uh, results for Yorktown uh, a little bit earlier, but um, as I pull it up here... Uh, looking at the Yorktown match, winners for Adam Central were Logan Allman at 132 and Evan McAfee at 138. Alex Curry wrestled 152 and got a pin. Caden Funk was in the lineup at 160 and got a pin. And Trevor Curry got a second period pin at 170 pounds. Braden Moon, who's kind of the wild card for uh, Adam Central. I know Coach Curry likes the ability to be able to move him in and out of the lineup depending on where he is uh, and who they're wrestling. But he got a forfeit at 182, and then Keegan Bloom got the forfeit at 195. And Rex, by being able to move Braden Moon in and out of the lineup, depending on where they are and what the day is, they're able to uh, sort of bump up Bloom. And then in this case with Yorktown, they were able to get Bloom a pin at 195. That moves higherly up to 220, uh, and he's going to be able to pin a lot of pretty average 220-pound wrestlers. And then... Um, that just basically bumps Cody Lotzenheiser out of the lineup and puts uh, Moon in. And then Caleb Sheets had a really nice match, lost just 4-1 to Gus Wilson uh, as that match finished 45-33 for the Jets. In the match against Avon, 39-37, there were, a, uh, there were four forfeits, I believe. Uh, Caleb Sheets was pinned at 285, and then Adam Central picked up three straight pins, Finn Meyer, Anvili Lichty, and Josh Collier got wins uh, by forfeit at 6, 13, and 20. And then Avon won the next five. Logan Allman suffered a defeat to a very good wrestler in uh, Cheney Show from uh, Avon. Jaden Reynolds beat Cash and Reynolds in a battle of the Reynolds at 145 pounds. And then, uh, as we said earlier, Alex Curry picked up his first loss of the year to a very good Tyler Conley at 152. But Adam Central bounced back and won the next three. Caden Funk, Trevor Curry, and Keegan Bloom all scoring wins. Bloom winning by major. Trevor Curry by pin. At 195 then, as the, the, the aforementioned Braden Moon was the loser at 195. And then Blake Hirely picked up another fall at 220 pounds. In the match against Lakeland, uh, Lotzenheiser was back in the lineup as Hirely went 195. He was a loser at 220. Caleb Sheets took a forfeit. Finn Meyer got a win at 106 pounds. Uh, AC forfeited 113. Uh, the only time they won at 113, Rex, on Saturday, I think, was when they stuck Anvili Lichty in to take the forfeit. Um, uh, at 120, then, Josh Collier was a loser. They forfeited 126. Um, I'm not sure what happened there because Logan Ullman didn't wrestle against Lakeland. I'll have to ask Tony about that. McAfee uh, won at 132. 
And other winners for Adam Central against Lakeland, Alex Curry, Caden Funk, Trevor Curry, Keegan Bloom, and Blake Hirely as Adam Central wins the last five bouts to beat Lakeland, 48-36 to come from behind. I think they wrestled Dwenger first or second on the day, and uh, Dwenger's got an awfully good team, Rex. Uh, I would like to see their results with uh, Snyder and some of the other Fort Wayne teams at the top. I'm not sure if Joe is going to. Does Carol wrestle Dwenger this year? Wrestled them already? You did? And you guys beat them? Okay, by about 20, 25 points. Um, at, uh, in the duel against Dwenger, Hirely was a winner. And then Bishop Dwenger won the next five, no, six matches until Logan Allman came back with a win at 132. Evan McAfee with a very good win over Owen Hilger at 138, 5 to 2. Alex Curry was a winner over Eric Delaney, who I think was a semi state qualifier last year. Eli Hilger pins Caden Funk. Hilger, Hilger very good. So is Delaney, and so is Ferris. They both get pin wins over Trevor Curry. Well, and there have Blue. been both Delaney and Delaney's and Hilgers in a Dwinger lineup for generations. Yeah, this is one of the better <coughs> teams that Dwinger's had in the last uh, probably ten to fifteen years, I would say. Um, and then as we went over the Newcastle results, um, Christian Somerset went five and zero, and we mentioned that Colton Bullenbacher was five and zero, but only was able to wrestle. One match. Um, South Adams did not have a 106-pounder, as Caden Davidson did not make weight, I don't believe. So that did not help them in their efforts to try to win. They did wrestle very well against Centerville. Uh, it was a good match. Those are two teams that are going to be competitive in two weeks at Team State. Uh, Centerville has some real studs there through the middle of the lineup. I know uh, AJ would like another shot at the Calderon kid. Uh, they lost a couple of matches, South Adams did, where they were ahead, scored the opening takedown, and then were unable to uh, hold those leads. Dahl had the first takedown, and um, Silas Loshi also had a, maybe, I think, a five-point lead. He ends up losing nearly by tech fall, 20-6 to six at 120 against Jackson Marker. Um, looking at it also uh, against Newcastle. That was the match that was kind of hard to to judge South Adams' performance in that because the injury came um, with five bouts left. And uh, after that, it was kind of hard for South Adams to focus. That's why I mentioned that Coach Humble did his best along with Coach Gaskell <coughs> to try to say, hey, guys, we gotta, we still got to wrestle. We don't want to just pack it in and, and make you know the injured wrestler feel like it was all for nothing. Uh, still need to give best effort. Uh, Newcastle's a team. They got in... The last spot in 2A because they were the highest um, point total in their semi-state. There aren't a whole lot of 2A teams right now in that Newcastle semi-state. They're yeah, all it's a big school semi-state. They're, they're all either indie schools <coughs> that are big 3A and 4A, or they're small schools over there in that Newcastle area. But uh, they got some pretty good kids. Brevin Thrine is a kid that that looked awfully good. He pinned Maverick Somerset, and Somerset came off the mat and just kind of shook his head. Was like, man, that kid is good. <laughs> he only had I think two losses. Uh, and, and, and pretty built kid. Um, trying to look at what else. Oh, at 220, uh, Jack Taylor from Newcastle looked very good. He was uh, tossing Jacob Plattner uh, all over the mat, and that, that, that's saying something. That's not easy to do. And then uh, <coughs> in the final round, um, South Adams faced uh, Muncie Central, coached by our friend uh, A.J. Bradley, and that was a tight match, 42-36. Muncie Central pulled off a couple of wins that I didn't expect them to. Heavyweight was a very good match. Carter Lewis had a good match with Jason Orr, two guys that were regional qualifiers last year. Um, 
I think Lewis had the first takedown in that, but Orr ends up getting the fall to make that uh, team score a little bit closer. And uh, we'll turn our focus. We just want to mention to everybody that's listening as we get ready here for the Team State announcement who the teams participating in uh, Team State are at 4A. We have Avon, Brownsburg, Carmel, Chesterton, Modern Day, Cathedral, Perry Meridian, and Warren Central. 4A and 3A this year will have just eight teams. So also competing in the 3A uh, tournament are Bloomington South, Columbus East, East Central, Franklin, Hobart, Mishawaka, Northridge, and Ron Colley. Joining Belmont and Jay County in the 2A tournament are Garrett, Jimtown, Mount Vernon, Newcastle, New Haven, New Prairie, Norwell, Oak Hill, Wawasee, and Western. That's a 12-team field. 1A is also a 12-team field, and joining Adams Central and South Adams in that tournament will be Bluffton, Centerville, Cowan, Manchester, North Posey, Prairie Heights, Rensselaer Central, <coughs> Southmont, and Wabash. So, Dane, that brings us to the, our next uh, spot that you want to read here before we uh, head off to our break for the, uh, as the first period winds down at the end. Still looking for that perfect gift for the golfers in your life? Cross Creek Golf Club has you covered. The Pro Shop at Cross Creek here in Decatur will be open this Tuesday and Wednesday from noon until 5. Save up to $100 on memberships this Wednesday. Buy a gift certificate in any denomination. All remaining inventory has been reduced for Wednesday's pre-Christmas blowout sale. The Pro Shop will close Wednesday and then reopen on January the 18th. Cross Creek Golf Club located on the U.S. 224 right below the W. With that, I'm going to send it back to the studio to receive Roush running board for us here on a Sunday evening, and we're going to come back and uh, be joined by our special guest here as we start the second period right after this. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur in between 224 and 124 on 400 West. We are open all winter long. Come check out our large selection of houseplants. We have snake plants, succulents, ficus, and so many more. Heller Nursery is always a season ahead, so stop in during the winter months to plan for spring. New crops are available weekly. Check out Heller Nursery's Facebook page for current selection and specials. We are open seven days a week, year-round. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included, too, at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Welcome back to the Haggard Stephan Hershey Silk High School Wrestling Weekly hosted here at the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Once again, we are live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill in uh, Dane, it seems like Sunday night is the happening night here at the Clubhouse Grill. I mean, usually Monday nights, uh, you and I are uh, here uh, pretty much alone, but a uh, nice crowd out here tonight for a Sunday evening. I joked earlier that everybody's just here to get ready for the Browns game, which starts <laughs> in uh, two hours, but I'm not sure that's actually true. Now we are joined uh, 
in the second period with our special guest, Joe Caprino. And, uh, Joe, once again, welcome to our show. Uh, you are host of a, another fine wrestling talk show of your own, and uh, I'm glad you uh, was able to uh, attend tonight and uh, get an order of those uh, wings in. And uh, you look like you didn't have any problem putting them down. No, they were very good. Uh, I always, always like t- tasting some good wings, and <laughs> the Double Eagle has some good ones. Well, Joe, uh, we're glad to have you on the show, and I know last year you were on the show, and uh, we did the Team State reveal during the uh, company holiday party, I hear, but uh, we got a big crowd out here tonight, and uh, just tell us a little bit about um, your background for those that weren't here for last year's show, but tell us a little bit about what you do as a career and as a coach and uh, in wrestling. Well, I'm a, uh, for a real career, the one that pays the bills, I'm a software engineer in, uh, in a small company in Fort Wayne and really a you know, just computer nerd like that. And then I'm also an assistant coach at Carroll High School, so um, obviously a big uh, Belmont rival. So, um, and then run Indiana Matt along with other wrestling activities that I partake in, so uh, keep myself quite busy. You know, talking about that belmont Carroll rivalry, that was one of the best things that uh, your athletic director and Dale Manis did when we made the switch uh, and we booted you guys out of the uh, NHC and created the NE8. Uh, I think it was a very good thing that Belmont kept Carroll uh, on the lineup. Yes, it uh, is. And, and, and I think that's a, that's a duel that, that has um, produced a lot of really good moments late in the season. Um, you know, it used to be that that was a match that um, when you guys were really coming onto the scene and, and, and gaining um, at the end there of the, of the NHC, it was a battle for, you know, the best dual record, and now it's just sort of for bragging rights. It's, it's you know, Belmont Carroll sort of for the crown of, of maybe Northeast Indiana wrestling or the Fort Wayne area wrestling at least. It has been the last couple of years, and there have been some really good duels. Yeah, definitely. There's always, I mean, you guys always are wrestling well that time. We are too, and it, uh, last year's was a great duel. Always, uh, you know, you always know you're going to get a good, good uh, battle with Belmont. Yeah, and, and the current climate with high school athletics and high school wrestling, anytime that you can put together a duel that's going to bring a couple of extra hundred people out for it, that's always a positive thing from an athletic director's point of view also. Oh, yes. It's uh, been def- very different this year with uh, not having crowds at the meets, and it's something trying not to get too used to it, but definitely something we have to manage right now. Now, I've been giving you a hard time the last couple of weeks because you technically booted Belmont out of your Super Duel, but you were sort of forced to, and uh, it sort of created a situation where there was a, there was a Carroll Super Duel, and then there was a, a Carroll Super Duel in exile that was going to be held at Jay County, but uh, obviously with Belmont's uh, quarantine situation, they were unable to uh, compete Saturday at Jay County. I think uh, Eric was able to get Marion or somebody in there just to, to get a match, but uh, how did that go for you on Saturday? And you still had Garrett, and who else was there? <laughs> So East Noble didn't come. East Noble didn't come, and neither did um, neither did Eastside or Busco, who we were supposed to wrestle also there. So it, uh, it we ended up wrestling um, Garrett, Penn's uh, second team, and then Homestead uh, came in there. Um, so pretty competitive day. Um, a lot of good teams. Um, pretty much all but uh, Penn didn't have a 106 pounder. Everyone else had full lineup. So it was, it was a good day of wrestling. Um, we wrestled uh, 
we beat Penn's team pretty pretty handily. Um, they had one there. I'm fairly certain he's a varsity guy. He was on their team, um, and then Garrett and us. Uh, that's a that's a nice little rivalry, and we beat them, and then beat our our second rival, uh, Homestead. That's uh, the big Carroll rival there. Of course, Carroll and Homestead have an obvious rivalry, but Carroll and Garrett have a wrestling rivalry because of the sectional alignment, correct? I, I thought that's because of Joe. <laughs> and it, well, it may be. It may be the Joe Caprino trophy, I guess, because you originally <laughs> came from Garrett. But, uh, um, you know, and that's 2020 in a nutshell, too. You had a tournament. It was this big. You said, we can't have a tournament this big, so you split it up and you get rid of a few teams. Then half the teams cancel, and then you could have had this the original teams that you invited, but... You know, that's just kind of the way it is, and there's not much you can do about it. You plan for one thing, and two days later it changes. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a revolving door trying to get teams in, you know, getting word that, you know, this team's out, and then we're, we're trying to find a, another team because we want to get matches in um, before sectional. Right now we're only at, like, 12, which some team, I mean, it's not bad, but we obviously want to have as many matches as we can so, going into sectional. So from a coach's perspective, this is a conversation that we've had multiple times, and I've had with different people. Uh, at what point in the season are you going to stop trying to reschedule those missed matches? Because eventually you don't want to be weighing in three or four times a week, wrestling Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. That's too much, right? Oh, yeah. We, uh, we kind of have you know, what days we're looking for events. If we can't find them, we'll, we'll be fine, I guess. Um, I know we, have a, we picked up a Huntington North, and we're going a Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Saturday of a week. So... Um, we're going to, I mean, they'll be with two pounds, so that's a little bit nicer <laughs> to do. But, yeah, we're going to probably after Belmont's probably going to be our last match. Um, after that, it's really not worth it. We might try to pick up something that next that Saturday of conferences, um, just seeing what's out there, if there's anything out there. Um, I know some teams are trying to kind of shut down for about two weeks before sectional. So. And, Dane, I think we talked about that during football season. It gets to the point where with the season being thrown out of whack like it has been, I don't think the typical stereotypical season. Oh, you got to have this, got to have this. You take what you get and you rest your kids. I mean, maybe maybe you're running about. I mean, you try and slam all these matches in. You maybe get maybe you get a touch of COVID and you lose them anyway. So it's like don't try and reschedule a bunch of stuff just to be rescheduling because you think you need to. I think that you you take what you can. You take the season, let it go, progress as it needs to, and and you, you get the best out of it. Yeah, we we basically have three weeks off right now before our next match, which is. I'm so used to going to Al Smith and Team State and all that stuff, and so we're gonna kind of tone it back and you know focus on some things and kind of basically restart our season with our guys and you know go from there. So it will be a good break for our guys not to have to weigh in, not to you know have a grind of you know we can sl- slow the practices down a little bit and not grind on them. So it should be should be some interesting times in the next couple of weeks. And I know you were talking about rescheduling things. That's something that we've. Uh, run into uh, in discussion about the the brackets that we're going to reveal here in an hour. Um, a lot of teams really want to get their conference duels in. They want to wrestle everybody in their conference once because they take it, you know they take pride in, in what that record is. But what happens if you end up wrestling a team from your conference at Team State? Do you still come back ten days later and then wrestle them again? Is it worth it to have that double exposure, or do you just get it out of the way and then say, hey, we, we've gotten this match out of the way, we don't need to go? I mean, right now, Belmont has just two matches. So from a coach's perspective, they need mat time. Yeah. But for some of these teams that are already, I mean, Jay County has 19 matches in already. Oh, jeez. Do, yeah. do they need to, you know, if they have something that gets rescheduled in the next week or two, do they, do they pick that back up or do they just say, okay, I think we've got enough matches now. We don't need to risk it because they're a team that has been fairly lucky 
uh, as far as quarantine goes. You know, knock, knock wood to hope you don't help something happens to him. But, I mean, one of the things we talked about, Belmont having the, having the COVID, you get that done earlier, the chances of getting that again are not there. So would you rather have it early, recover, and then start your season, or have a real good season going and now all of a sudden lose two weeks out of the middle of it, and what if it's sectional week? I mean, do you really want it? Or, I mean, get it early or get it over with, or just be super careful. But when you and I found out, you can be careful as you want, and it'll happen. Yeah, both Rex and I were what I would consider very careful, and we both ended up with the virus, and it is what it is. Yeah, but and if somebody tells you, oh, it's not that big a deal, it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, I mean, we are lucky enough. I, I'm a lot older than you. I was able to recover from it and, and get through it, but uh, it's not something to laugh at. I mean, it, it goes through, and it, it takes you out. And every school district is different. And we're, and we're learning that, too, that, that some, some school districts are more lax on the requirements for quarantine and contact tracing, and, and others are being more serious. What has been your process at Northwest Allen as far as, okay, somebody has been exposed for X amount of time to someone who ended up positive. What have they been doing at Carroll? Um, they, they're out for two weeks from that contact date, um, and it goes back, you know, they're out, out of everything. So, um, luckily we have been pretty much since mid November, we've been virtual except for one week and we are there for like four days. And as far as the secondary, the middle school and high school, the elementary has been all in person, but so, uh, that's kind of helped us a little bit. Um, the hard, you know, there are some, some, uh, drawbacks to that. We got to get kids to practice at four o'clock and some can't find rides all the time. And that, that, that's a obstacle we have to face right there. We don't have the kids in the hallways. We can't pull kids out of the hallway and say, why haven't you been at practice? You know, things like that, that, um, I know some, some coaches take pride in a lot of that, uh, a lot of that, uh, you know, interactions with those kids, you know, they need a one Oh six pounder that they're patrolling the hallways, dragging that kid, you know, find a couple small kids. Hey, come out for wrestling. Right now, and I know some schools that haven't been in person at all. I mean, those coaches can't do that. They gotta, you know, hope that those kids come out for the team and are able to get a ride to practice. No, Joe, that's one of those things that it's different to go from like one A, two A wrestling versus Carroll. That's a very large four A school. I mean, you have more kids in your freshman academy than than any of the schools in our county have altogether. But it's like the more kids you have in one place, the more opportunities you have to spread. Um, I think some of the smaller schools uh, are able to to kind of segregate out. I know my, my daughter works at Bishop Goinger, and they have pods, and they have kids go to school. I mean, you go to school this week, your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the other school is another day. And that way they kind of separate them, and it really reduces that contract trace. And I think that's a really good idea they've had. But they have a smaller school, and it's it's not as easy to do when you have a 1,000 kids in your freshman academy, let alone the rest of the kids. I mean, you're, what, 4,000 kids probably altogether? Um, no, we got about 2,300, 2,400, I think. Okay. But still, I mean, it's a lot of kids, and they got to, I mean, it was the first couple of weeks when we were in school, it was kind of like walking zombies. The kids were not sure if they were going to get picked off because they, you know, were sat next to a guy in a math class that had it. And, they, they, I mean, they, you could just tell that it was kind of getting to the point where kids didn't know whether they were going to be at school next the next day. And I think the virtual kind of has helped that. Um, you know, kids still need to be in school, though. I mean, everyone, no, no one's going to be in disagreement that, you know, in-person school is the best way to go. So hopefully we can kind of find that even uh, e- even 
boundary that we can do that stuff, you know, be able to go in school and still participate. Now, in you, you take special precautions in your room. I mean, you have a pretty big wrestling room. Can you spread it out into the room a little bit better when doing pods as well? Uh, we pretty much put them in, you know, keep the guys in the same kind of groups of three or four or five um, as much as possible. And then, you know, obviously keep track of when who's wrestling who in case someone tests positive. But, I mean, that's the big, main thing you got to do and, you know, cleaning and cleaning and more cleaning and, you know, disinfect everything you can put, possibly disinfect. But I think, Rex, your point uh, is pretty valid in that in a small school, you know, that, that group of wrestlers that you have, you may have eight or ten juniors, and they may have in a small school all six or seven of their classes together with each other. So it's not a new exposure. It may be more exposure to the same person but not as many exposures to different people. Whereas at a school like a Carroll or a Homestead, you, you may not see that same kid again for seven periods. And so you're, you're exposed to 250 fellow students instead of, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, from a Belmont perspective, you know, I don't know what the guidelines are going to be. I haven't talked to coach Gunsett as far as uh, I believe most of the kids were tested. So those kids who were positive, I think, are going to be able to work on a different set of uh, rules and regulations as far as contact tracing. Uh, but uh, all of that is sort of guided by the CDC and uh, what the recommendations are and uh, just have to go from there. You know, I've jokingly said it before, Dane, but I think it's not going to be over until everyone has it. And once you've had it, your likelihood of getting it again is, is slim. And uh, so it's like you can advance forward and you, not that you have, can be careless – but you cannot be as don't have to be as careful if you've already been exposed, and your likelihood of getting has uh, been built up your immunities. And you tend well, to and I think it's it's kind of interesting to talk to coaches in different sports because some coaches, depending on the situation, they don't want their kids tested because then if they get tested, then that's going to knock these these many kids out. But once Belmont was able to shut down, then it was like, well, everybody should get tested. So we know who is positive and who is negative because we're all going to be shut down anyways. We might as well get the facts for, for what it is. So. You know, you sent me the list of the people that had it, and it's probably easier to send the list of people who didn't have it. Yeah, it did seem that way for Belmont. But, you know, it makes sense. In a, in a small team where, like I said, where a bulk of the kids on that team are juniors who are all friends, who all take the same classes, there's 11 or 12 kids on that team of 31 who are uh, juniors. So that, that, that makes a lot of sense as to how it spreads so quickly. It's time for another spot there, Dane, in one of our favorite spots uh, from the Brad and Brad Weber family. Rex, the Weber family here in Decatur, Brad, Mary, Blake, and, of course, Moose, are proud to support high school athletics by helping to sponsor our one-of-a-kind wrestling coaches show. With the civic-minded backing of families like the Webbers and our many local business advertisers, we are able to be the only radio station in Indiana to dedicate a show strictly to the great sport of high school wrestling. Once again, a big thanks to the Brad Weber family and all of our many sponsors. And with that, I'm going to send it back to the studio to Steve Rouse running the board for us as the uh, second period has come to an end. We'll come back with a third period right after these messages. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, 
has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Know the warning signs. Know the difference and get help fast. Call 911 immediately if you experience these symptoms of stroke. Numbness or weakness of face, arm, or leg. Trouble speaking or seeing. Dizziness or loss of balance. Sudden severe headache. Symptoms of heart attack including chest pain, lightheadedness, nausea, jaw, neck, stomach, or back pain. Pain in the arm or shoulder or shortness of breath. Don't take a chance with your health. Allow Adams Memorial Hospital to safely serve you. Haggard Scepter's Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly hosted here at the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grilling to a uh, uh, almost a full house tonight, Dane. Uh, lots of people here. You and I are not used to that uh, as we do on Monday nights. So I guess uh, Sunday nights is the happening place to be is there at Double Eagle at Cross Creek. We got football on uh, half the TVs and basketball on the other half and uh, a very good atmosphere. So Rex, we want to give a little bit of an update on uh, Belmont's schedule. The next scheduled match for Belmont is going to be on December 29th. They're going to wrestle Penn. And since that's over the holidays, it is going to be a noon first whistle. Um, not an evening match. Uh, I think that will be easier for Penn as far as their travels. But uh, just a straight duel between Penn and Belmont. Penn and Belmont haven't wrestled at Belmont since uh, they were ceremoniously sort of kicked out of the uh, Belmont main event. But uh, should... Uh, be a good duel overall. I know that Penn has had some issues with uh, some different things as far as getting their lineup together uh, the way they wanted. They drove down to Cathedral earlier this week and uh, didn't perform the way they wanted to, didn't have everybody in line. Um, so they've got some, some moving parts there. And uh, But should be a good test for Belmont. The last time the two teams wrestled was at Penn at the Henry Wilk Classic. And Belmont actually beat Penn uh, when they were ranked in the top 20. I don't think Belmont won a match the rest of the day. They lost to Jimtown and Zionsville and a couple other teams, but uh, they, uh, they might be wanting a little bit of payback, and uh, that does match up then with what we were going to broadcast for the Al Smith Classic. So uh, we'll hopefully have that match for you on the radio. Look for an announcement in the Decatur Daily Democrat or online to uh, double-check that we'll have that. And then we will be live all day from Team State on January 2nd, which now is confirmed to be at the Coliseum, and uh, should be a great day. Dane, do you want to talk about how that came about, or we're not going to even ask and hope it does? It, it might jinx it, just leave it go as is, that it's, we're on for now. Oh, I think it's great to, <clears throat> to mention how much work has been put forth by people like Pat Culp, J.D. Minch, um, Jake O'Neill, uh, Greg Ratliff, who have continually you know, taken time out of their jobs and their second jobs and their third jobs to make sure that this tournament happens. And from Greg Ratliff's perspective, he's not even the president of the Coaches Association anymore. His team's not wrestling in the event, and he's not even going to be there for 2A and 1A because he's going to Franklin for 3A to help out. You know, so, and, and it's, it's like anything else. The, uh, the rulings that uh, were proposed onto us were basically health regulations about the number of people you have, and, and you can't argue with those. So, I mean, right. so if you push and you push and you finally make it happen, you just cross your fingers and hope it still takes place. Yeah, so there was a point there where uh, the Coliseum said that they didn't think it was going to be able to happen, and they started to scramble looking for other uh, 
other hosts. They asked Belmont. They asked Adam Central. They asked Garrett. And some people did a lot of work to see if those possibilities were open. But in the end, the Coliseum came back and said, we think we have a plan in place to be able to do this, and here's how we're going to do it. Um, they are limiting attendance to two people per wrestler as you go there. They are not going to be weighing in teams the day of. It's going to be done the day before. That's going to limit contact. Uh, it is a very big open space. And so if you look at it from a Belmont or AC or South Adams perspective, they're really only going to be in close contact with, that, with those four other teams that they see during the day. And I think that's the point. There may be 24 teams there, but they're not necessarily going to be in that close quarters with, uh, with, with all of the other teams that are, that are in attendance. And you, know, you and I have contended all along that the best place, the most uh, vantage point to uh, enjoy that match is at the Coliseum. I'm just really thankful that we're able to get it back in the Coliseum. Uh, that's the best place to spread it out, the best place to run it and organize it, that many teams, that many mats. And I'm just really thankful that it's back there. And from a selfish perspective, also, it allows us to get all three teams, plus now Jay County, all of our local teams in the same place. And we have a broadcast vantage point that allows us to do that because, I mean, where we had the first couple of years, you were down on the floor, you couldn't see uh, the, where we are at, at the Coliseum and the Expo Hall. You're up high above the floor. You can look down. And, I mean, if AJ has to bring in his field glasses, you can look down six, seven matches away, and you can see that match. But uh, it's, it's really the best vantage point for us to cover all the teams equally. Yeah, and as we had our sort of breakout year for adding Adam Central <coughs> Wrestling, I was dreading the idea of Adam Central being in one, one location 100 miles away and uh, Belmont being in a different one. But uh, they're all going to be together this year again, and uh, it's going to be great. Now, Rex, you and I are headed to Columbia City on, what is that, Wednesday night? 23rd. The 23rd for Adam Central at Columbia City. Should be a great duel. Uh, two very good duel teams who take duels seriously. And uh, I know Coach Curry is going to want to have his best lineup in. He was not happy with the lineup and the way that it came out on Saturday. And uh, Coach Culp is, uh, was originally celebrating 50 years of Columbia City wrestling. He's pushed off the big celebration, but still there's some pride in, in what the Columbia City uh, program has put together. And then on that same day, then, I've also learned that South Adams is going to be traveling to Rochester. Rochester, right now, one of the top ten teams in 1A. They were left out of the team state voting and will not be participating. But uh, they've beaten some pretty decent teams in 1A. So that should be a very good duel for the Starfires as they uh, still try to navigate their lineup, like I told you. Uh, Bullenbacher winning the spot at 113, but Davidson didn't make 106. So that's moving Logan Ballman up a weight past Loshi. Uh, if they can get all of those moving pieces together and come at, uh, at a team with Davidson, Bullenbacher, Loshi, um, Bauman, uh, Somerset, then at 138, they've got a pretty decent lineup. They just need to be able to have those moving parts and have everybody be where they're supposed to be and not have any surprises. So we'll have the results for those uh, duels on Wednesday during our uh, Adam Central Columbia City broadcast. Now, also this week, um, trying to remember of who else. I know that Bluffton wrestles this week, and so does Norwell. But uh, we'll try to keep you up to date on those now, as we Bel go through. The Belmont Wawasee match was canceled. Is that correct? Yes, Belmont <coughs> Wawasee were supposed to wrestle uh, at four o'clock before Adam Central and Columbia City. 
but that match is off. Wawasi, I believe, also had a quarantine situation, so it did not work out for the two of them. Now, Wawasi and Belmont could meet, depending on the way the brackets get revealed here in a little bit, at Team State, but they will not be wrestling each other. I know that's something that um, Coach Bumgarner and Coach Gunsett had wanted for the last couple of years, was to get those two teams together for a duel, but uh, not going to happen this year unless somehow they reschedule it. But I really think that Belmont is going to focus on rescheduling those conference duels and uh, they'll probably be out of points and not, not in a position to add someone like a Wawa C. Rex, we're going to talk a little bit about one of our great sponsors, and that's Trevor Gray, auctioneer and, re- auctioneer and realtor here in Decatur. He's proud to support local high school wrestling, and Trevor shared with me a new listing. The last time we were on the show, he had a listing in Pleasant Mills. I believe that house is sold. And uh, AC Wrestling fans, Trevor has a listing on Jackson Street in Monroe. Listed for just under $100,000. Three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath. Nice little house, 1,300 square feet. The address is 201 East Jackson Street. If you are interested in uh, purchasing a home in Monroe, give Trevor a call. His number is 223-7503. If you ever want to sell or you want to buy, you only need to make one call, and that's to Trevor Gray. 223-7503 and ask him about the market. That's Trevor Gray, Crookerberg Auction and Realty here in Decatur. So the third period has come to an end as we have uh, reached nearly the end of our regular show. And we're going to send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse running aboard for us once again for a round of messages back with our overtime period right after this. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur in between 224 and 124 on 400 West. We are open all winter long. Come check out our large selection of houseplants. We have snake plants, succulents, ficus, and so many more. Heller Nursery is always a season ahead, so stop in during the winter months to plan for spring. New crops are available weekly. Check out Heller Nursery's Facebook page for current selection and specials. We are open seven days a week, year-round. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey Zell High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted here at the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill to a, a uh, nice crowd here tonight. Dana, we make us sound like we're uh, 
Matt Painter and the uh, Purdue coaches show. That place is pretty ruckus and rowdy where they hold theirs from. So uh, got a little life in the building tonight for us. Yes, we do. Uh, Rex, WZBD, still got a full schedule here over the holiday uh, period. We have tomorrow night. No, I'm sorry. Tomorrow's Monday. It's Sunday. <laughs> Tuesday night, we have Adam Central at Norwell, yeah, boys basketball. That'll be a 7 o'clock pregame with a 7.30 tip. And when that game is over, then we will join Purdue basketball at Iowa in progress. On Wednesday the 23rd, you and I will be live from Columbia City High School. And uh, we're not sure on the broadcast time for that, but probably somewhere around 6.30, 7 o'clock. We'll have to see how many JV matches Blaine and Tony want to do. And then, uh, obviously, sports take pretty much a break. Uh, the Purdue basketball game that's to be played on Christmas Day will not be broadcast on WZBD. Uh, but come back on Saturday. Pacers are in action for their first game on WZBD. They're going to be at Chicago to play the Bulls. And then on Sunday, we've got Colts and Steelers in a uh, matchup of two likely playoff teams. That's a noon pregame with a 1 p.m. kickoff. And then the Pacers are on again Sunday night as they host the Celtics at Banker's Life, where uh, all three of us are hopefully going to be here in just two short months. <laughs> Knock on wood. And then next Monday, on the 28th, we have our uh, High School Wrestling Weekly Show. Our guest is going to be Eric Myers, the head coach of the Jay County Patriots, now a 2A Team State finalist. And then the following day, that is Tuesday the 29th, we'll have Penn and Belmont at noon. On January 2nd is our big Team State event at the Coliseum. We will be live on air from 9 until, who knows, could be 5, 6 p.m. Uh, I think the tournament will run a little bit uh, quicker this year with not as many teams. And 1A and 2A generally have a lot more pins than the 3A and 4A tournaments, so uh, we may be done by 3 or 4 o'clock. I'm not exactly sure. And then uh, it, it doesn't stop from there, Rex, as we go January 5th. Bluffton will be visiting Belmont. And then Belmont will, on that Thursday, go to, uh, let's see, that's at Huntington North. And one of the makeup matches that Belmont missed earlier in the year, they will wrestle both East Noble and Huntington North at Huntington North on January 7th. So as uh, <clears throat> you talk about the uh, team state, as uh, we uh, know that part two of our two-hour-long show tonight We'll be talking about the team draw. We've got about five minutes left in our show here. And uh, since uh, our guest Joe is still with us, uh, Joe, was, uh, we talk about this season being a crazy season, and uh, we talk about trying to get on through this here. What, what other things do you look for that you think maybe the state can do to help get this season along or as teams, as local coaches, we can do to make sure that this team event just happens through the rest of the season? I mean, we just got to do, you know, the protocols that are suggested, wearing masks, uh, disinfecting uh, your hands, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, I know I'm limiting where I go. I'm working from home right now, um, trying not to go out too many places. I don't want to expose myself. I don't we want must to be, have made the cut, Rex. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to um, you know, be quarantined because if I'm out for two weeks, that'll drive me nuts. I'll be... I, I don't know what will happen to me. I don't, I don't want to think about it, missing two weeks of practice and not being there with the kids and stuff. Uh, and the main thing is, I mean, you got to be safe and you got to do what you can do. Um, you know, emphasize that the kids do the right thing. Um, I want to have the season. I know my kids want to have the season. I know everyone's kids want to have the season. So it's um, making those small sacrifices. Wrestlers aren't 
we're wrestlers. We make we make sacrifices all the time. We miss meals. We've missed plenty of meals. I, I'd rather much rather wear a mask and disinfect my hands than miss a meal. So <laughs> well, I haven't missed many since I I'm done college. And with, I know with, that um, you know last year wrestling and girls basketball were right ahead of the curve, and then when the pandemic hit. Everything just got canceled. I know the ISWA understands that where they just shut everything down, uh, brought across the board last year, they know now that that probably wasn't the best thing to do. We know more about it now in the last nine, ten months. But uh, wrestling got lucky and was right ahead of the curve. And then everything else, boys basketball, track, everything in the spring was just totally shut down. Yeah, and Ohio didn't have their, uh, their state wrestling tournament. I have a lot of friends over there that their kids lost that opportunity to wrestle at state. And- I can I don't want to have that I don't want to have that conversation with my kids. I that that's the that's the biggest fear I have right now is having that conversation. Hey guys, uh season's canceled and I I don't want to I mean, I don't even want to think of how I'm going to approach it. How do you say? I mean, it's they're done. I mean, we have a lot of seniors on our team. I don't want them to end their careers like that. Now, Rex, Joe and I are are, are big uh, fans of reading the IHSAA minutes, and we have those those dates marked on our calendars and we're always <laughs> texting each other as soon as the minutes get posted. The, the IHSAA met this week and basically did nothing uh, and pushed every decision that they could have made into their January meeting. That's a good thing, though, for right? For executive committee. And I know that no a lot news, of us... No news is good news. A lot of us are in the mindset, and we have been in the mindset, not just in wrestling, but just in life, that it, everybody's trying to get to Christmas and trying to get to New Year's. And for those of us in wrestling, at least the ones who really care about Team State... We're trying to get to Team State. Let's get this tournament. Let's have it. But we also have to remember that once we get past January 2nd, we've got to talk about what is the state tournament going to look like. Are there going to be fans at sectional, regional, and semi-state? Is it just going to be one parent per wrestler? Uh, how are we going to do this? There's a, there are a lot of schools that, for, for example, <coughs> New Haven is not participating at tournaments where there's more than... Uh, so many teams, but they're making an exception for team state. So I assume that they will make an exception for the the state tournament. But the, there's a lot of things to be discussed, and I'm really interested to see what the IHSAA comes out with as far as regulations. But like you said, they're going to kick the can down the road as long as they can until they have to make a decision. What's this going to look like for the basketball tournament, for wrestling, for some of these other things? What precautions are they going to have to take, and uh, when are those decisions going to have to be made? You know, and I think the ITSAA can have rulings on their own when it comes to the sectional tournament. Like you said, East Allen County Schools, no visiting fans allowed whatsoever. Is it going to be that for each sectional? Is it going to be by each county? By I mean, or is the ITSAA going to be able to give a ruling and say this is what the guidelines should be? Or are, are state and county governments going to take over and override those? Well, we learned from football regional that uh, it was up to every school in football for what there was going to be. Now, that was an outdoor sport, but uh, Rex and I went to uh, Southwood, and <laughs> it was, it was, there were people everywhere there. Oh, and it was weird because and they we were come, shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> we had come from Adams County where we had had pretty strict restrictions in place all the way back from week one, and it never really changed. There were, I think, two or four people allowed per person, and that was it. So, uh, I, you know, I think right now what we have to expect is that every sectional site is going to be different. And I would not be surprised if there are some new sectional sites before the end of the before the end of the regular season, where some schools say, "Hey, we're not going to be able to host and have people." So, if somebody else wants to host this tournament and is able to, 
and is in a different county, you can go ahead and have it because we don't want to host it this year. Do you think that's something that, that might happen this year? It could. Um, I think it's going to be county by county, like kind of how the, we've been doing it right now. But at the same time, no one really is going to want to host it because we're not going to have very many fans anyway. And, and I know I know a lot of schools are suffering from not having fans, concession money, a lot of that stuff. Um, I'm glad we're having sports, but I know the bottom line, IHSA-wise and even – you know, down to the schools, we're, we're losing money on, you know, those those things that drive those sports programs. I mean, you know, now that wrestling is a crazy expensive sport, but usually at Carroll we have a good enough fan base that we can cover paying our refs. Now we don't have any fans, so, you know, that's that money is coming out of other money in, in, within the school. So it's kind of it's one of those things that we're going to see what happens, and I it, we could see some changes. I definitely think some schools are going to change. Um, you know, sectionals will change, regionals will change, but at the same time, I don't think anyone's going to be jumping at the bit to host a sectional if you can't make any money doing it. And I think that's a good point. If you were the default host, you're going to have to buck up and you're going to have to you're going to have to host because you were signed up to do it. But who's going to you know put their hand up and say, "Oh, sure, I'd like to have it." it we kind of ran into that with the ISWA state tournament <clears throat> where they wanted to move it out of Marion County, and it was like, "Okay, well, who's going to volunteer?" Who's going to put their venue on the line and, and their reputation and, and their uh, insurance policy out there to, to, to pick up something that they weren't initially going to take? And I think that may that may end up being an issue also. Well, yeah. guys, it was all, all great conversations, and uh, our regular show has come to an end. And one comment I want to make, Dane, I think for football outdoors, there's a lot of people there. But it was so blasted cold that the, vi- the virus could not jump from this far of one person next because it was just absolutely frigid. So I don't think there's any uh, likelihood of that happening. So once again, thanks, everyone, for tuning in for our regular session of our first round of our hour here. If our regular show is coming to an end, and we're going to take a real short break, and we'll be back in about 30 seconds with the uh, uh, second part of our show as we're going to come back and uh, start our pairings group. So we're going to send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running aboard for us. we we'll back with uh, round number two right after this. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker drywall. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included, too, at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. We're still here at the Double Eagle at Cross Creek, and uh, a nice crowd out here tonight. We're, we're giving the mayor a hard time. I can't give the mayor a hard time because he is actually my neighbor as well, so... Everybody's close here. So, Joe, don't feel special. The mayor didn't come out just to see you. He just happened to come out for an evening at the Double League Clubhouse Grill. Well, I get to see the mayor of Huntertown all the time, Tim Slofer. <laughs> is that an unofficial title or is that an official title? It's, it's unofficial, but, I mean, everyone voted him to be mayor of uh, Huntertown. I like, I like it. I is like there it. an office? There's no office? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> it's a castle. <laughs> so, Joe, the, the Team State Tournament, as we uh, get ready to go into who's going to wrestle who, uh, I think it, it, it's worth mentioning how this tournament came about. Obviously, the IHSAA uh, in the mid-'90s came up with a Team State Duels format uh, where they took the top teams who won at sectional and then put them together in a dual tournament. Uh, for the teams that got to participate, it was a phenomenal atmosphere. It really changed uh, what being a fan of Belmont Wrestling was here in Decatur. Uh, some great memories of the one year at Southport and then all of those great duels that Belmont wrestled at Center Grove. But at the same time, uh, it was a very exclusive group of teams that was participating. Uh, and especially in that time period from 95 up until 2012, I think it was, um, it, there weren't a whole lot of teams that were, that were going there multiple times. And from a local perspective, uh, Adam Central never went. You know, that, that you know, is one of the examples. They were always stuck behind Belmont. And then towards the end when they just took the sectional winner, you know, they couldn't even get past Belmont and have, have a chance. And so obviously it was all one class like wrestling still is with the IHSAA. But in 2012, after what I consider, and you and I have talked about this before, some shenanigans by, by different programs and, and coaches and, and not taking it seriously or thinking that you don't have a chance so you're not going to put your full team out there. The IHSAA just ended the tournament. Uh, they said that maybe it wasn't profitable enough, that kind of thing. So you know, here in Decatur, we weren't happy about losing the tournament. But the Coaches Association came out and said, okay, we're going to try to put something together. And rather than just have one class, we're going to split it up into three classes. So if I remember right, the first two years were at Westfield High School. Yes. And so we had uh, three classes. They split up the classes evenly, 3A, 2A, 1A. And at first it was eight teams for all three classes. Yep. And then there was an expansion to 12. Yes. There was a year at Muncie. Yep. And that then the, that was the year they went to twelve, I believe. And then since then we've moved to the Coliseum and they've expanded what's available at the Coliseum. Um, some of the early people that have helped create this tournament, Trent McCormick, uh, JD Minch. I'm trying to think of who else was responsible for the very early um, Those were the uh, can't remember who the president was. I think it was the president right before uh, McCormick, but McCormick really kind of took it off um, I don't know if that was Struck it might have been Danny Struck I can't remember offhand who the president was well, as we were, as they were doing so the, that the, the qualifying has, has undergone a lot of changes um, there was a lot of uh, discussion uh, originally about trying to get a model that the IHSAA would somehow adopt and move forward with I think you know we were mentioning earlier about you and I reading IHSAA minutes you and I both know that the IHSAA is nowhere close to moving in a, a direction where wrestling is going to be classed and, and I think everybody's happy the way it is right now don't mess with it just leave it as it is because if the IHSAA had their chance at it they dropped it didn't want it the coaches association picked up and have made what I think is one probably one of the best tournaments around regardless if it's not sanctioned by the IHSAA Leave that is as is. I don't. I don't think there's a problem with it as is. And I think one of the big things that people miss about this tournament is it allows a kid who is wrestling behind another really good kid to keep his season going, and he can be part of a team state 
I mean, if you go in in a dual meet and you've got a team that you're going to wrestle and it gives you a chance to get that guy that's right there behind the varsity guy, get a varsity match in, and you can really spread your team out. And it gives you the ability to kind of modify your team a little bit, and it's not just 14 guys. And it may only affect 40 teams out of 300, but there are more wrestlers on those 40 teams because of team state than there would be if we didn't have this tournament. Yes. I mean, there are coaches on these 40 teams who are actively seeking out wrestlers just to compete, uh, not specifically, but in essence to, to, to help out their team's performance in this tournament. And I think that's one of the real positives in it. So, and then last year, one of the big changes was an expansion into four classes where we basically took all of the schools of a certain size. And Joe, remind me, is it 2,500 or 2,000? I think it is 2,000. Anything, anyone 2,000 or more is now 4A. So there was uh, sort of a copycat idea from what football did, but football took their 5A, their biggest class, and they split it up, and as Rex and I mentioned earlier, 5A and 5B. <coughs> they took the 32 big teams and made 6A, and the next 32 teams made 5A. So the wrestling coaches have, have modified that a little bit and said that there's a hard count of 2,500 schools. So I think there's roughly 30-some schools participating in 4A and 50 or 60 that are in the the 3A combination, and then 2A and 1A have roughly 91 or 92 schools, I think. Um, there are schools who move up in wrestling. If I remember right, it's just modern day in Cathedral right now who move up from 2A to 4A. Is that right, Joe? Uh, yes. I think those both, both of those teams would technically be in 2A, but they choose to participate in 4A, and I don't know of anybody else that, that, has, that has moved up. So... The, the new format now is going to see eight teams participate in the 4A tournament and eight teams at the 3A tournament. Because of COVID, those will be held at different sites this year, not at the Coliseum. The 4A tournament is going to be hosted by Brownsburg, who've won this tournament four times, four years in a row. Um, going back to, let's see, Cathedral won last year. So it was they won the four years before that, I believe. And then um, Franklin is going to be hosting the 2A tournament and um, uh, they have a very nice venue for that uh, I've been to Franklin's new school and uh, Coach Tante uh, who I believe is listening tonight is excited about the opportunity to have his wrestlers wrestle at home for that but the 2A and 1A tournaments are going to be at the Coliseum you tell and me Jimmy T's in it on, a, on here tonight? He is he, he texted me earlier making sure that he <laughs> could get on I'm not sure if technology is uh if technology is Jim's best uh, quality, but... Uh, no, no. Uh, your, his wardrobe is his best strong suit. Yeah, he outdresses you and I, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so tonight, we are going to go with the 3A bracket uh, first, and then we're going to move on to the 4A bracket, and then we're going to backtrack to 1A, and we're going to end with 2A in our uh, uh, announcement cycle tonight. Dane, I think we're ready here for a, a quick break. Before we get into the uh, the meat of the show, as we got some commercials we have to do to uh, pay for this second round here, so Rex, you always get great food and fun here at the Double Eagle. Open for lunch and dinner, the Double Eagle offers a safe environment for a meal or a few libations. The outside patio is open if you care to smoke. <coughs> the bar and restaurant are both smoke free. Sit down in front of one of the thirteen TVs to watch all the games or listen to the wrestling matches and the coaches show right here at the Double Eagle at US two twenty four West Indicator. With that, I'm going to send it back to Steve Rouse running aboard for us for a round of messages. Be back with more wrestling uh, pairing show right after this. 
You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Groundbreaking service from Adams Memorial Hospital and its doctors is here. Anyone wishing to receive medical attention from the convenience of their own home can now use telemedicine. Adams Medical Group allows you to use telehealth visits to speak directly to your provider from your computer or smartphone. Telehealth visits typically take 10 to 15 minutes and include a diagnosis and, if needed, prescriptions. Call your doctor's office for more information. Welcome back to the Haggard Stephan Hershey Zell High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill to a uh, pretty full house tonight here for our show. Dane, we're going to get spoiled by all these uh, fans out here listening to us, but uh, we are joined by uh, the head of the IndianaMat.com website, Joe Caprino, and we're into the section we're getting ready to start the actual pairing section of section number two here of our show. And uh, we want to give a big shout-out to uh, everybody that's listening uh, online and on air. I think I've gotten uh, six or seven different uh, texts from different coaches who are participating in uh, the team state and anxiously awaiting. As we look at the 3A field, I want to remind everybody of who's in this field before we go through the, uh, the pairings. Uh, alphabetically, I have them listed here. They are Bloomington South, Columbus East, East Central, Franklin, Hobart, Mishawaka, Northridge, and Ron Colley. And I know when we first announced that we were going to split four, uh, 3A into 4A and 3A, my initial reaction was, boy, this 3A tournament is going to be so competitive. No, your initial reaction is, i got to seed a whole yes, other group well, of guys. That, that, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you credit. That was my <laughs> initial reaction. It was another eight teams to seed, but that is funny. Um, but, uh, you know, these are some teams that have really good programs, really solid teams, but just aren't quite in that. Uh, you know, right now the sport is being dominated by the really, really big schools along with Cathedral and Modern Day. And if you look at the top 10 overall in Indiana map and the top 10 in 4A, they're basically the same, the same teams. And so we get to 3A here and we have a chance to have a really competitive tournament. And uh, as I look through my notes, we have one former champ uh, of the Team State Tournament, and that is Franklin. Coach Hassman won in 2014 in one of the best team state tournaments ever. Some uh, great duels. I remember the Franklin and Modern Day duel. It was one of those duels, Rex, where the final score ends up being 23 to 22, where every match is the decision and it goes 7 to 7 and every bonus point matters. So uh, we're going to take a look now at the pairings for 3A. The number one seed overall in 3A, and I don't know how Joe wants to announce all of this, but he's going to put it up on the screen, I believe. Yes. And the number one seed is going to be Franklin Community. They're actually the hosts also, so that works out well. 
And their first round match is going to be against Ron Colley. The Rebels coming in at the number eight seed. On that same side of the bracket then would be the 4-5 matchup. And that's going to be Bloomington South and Northridge in the 4-5 matchup. And then on the other side of the bracket, the 3-6 matchup will uh, pit the Brickies of Hobart against East Central. Uh, the Trojans making their first appearance at the Team State event. Uh, kind of an unknown for a lot of people. Not a team that has uh, attended some of the bigger 32-team uh, tournaments. They haven't been invited to Team State before. Really interested to, um, to see them. Some Belmont fans may remember East Central because they have Briar Hall, um, who has gone to the state finals the last couple of years. He wrestled Kyle Lawson uh, on Friday night a couple of years ago at the state tournament. And then the 2-7 matchup is going to be between Columbus East and Mishawaka. So if you're following along online, you can see Joe's graphic there of what the bracket's going to look like. Now, Joe, I believe this is a straight eight-team bracket with wrestlebacks. They're going to wrestle all, all the way out to eighth place. So the winners are going to separate into uh, the right side of the bracket. The losers are going to move over. And I believe if you lose your first match, the best you can do is fifth. And if you win your first match, the worst you can do is fourth, I believe is the current format. Um, but um, maybe JD or Pat will send me a text here correcting me in the next 15 minutes. But I believe that's the way it's going to go. So no pools this year. It's going to be a straight bracket. And, uh, Joe, what do you think about the 3A tournament? It's going to be very competitive. A lot of good teams, a lot of great coaches, and a lot of good matchups. I haven't really put matchups together yet, but going to be uh, interesting. I mean, I, you know, even Ron Colley, the eight, you know, seven, eight seed, Ron Colley and Mishawaka, both are tough programs. They're not going to be easy matches for either of those, uh, Franklin or Columbus East. So those should be good matches right off the bat. And obviously, East Central, um, newer to the, they have a real tough team. Not really a lot known about them because they. They haven't really seen a lot of the teams close by, but it should be a lot of great matches. I'm kind of looking forward to watching. Yeah, Ron Colley and East Central went over to Ohio and wrestled a group of teams that don't have any other common opponents. Um, if you guys look at your sheets here, you have the head-to-heads. And I was joking with Joe earlier in the week as far as seeding this tournament uh, with the guys that helped me out. There were no head-to-heads amongst these eight teams heading into this weekend. Now, uh, Bloomington South and Columbus East did wrestle in an individual tournament, and Columbus East beat uh, Bloomington South, I think, by 25 points. But that's the only head-to-head between the eight teams. So it was really difficult to try to come up with uh, what these teams should look like when you don't have those head-to-heads. If you look at some of the common opponents, you know, Northridge is a team that I wasn't quite sure about where they belonged uh, because they didn't have a whole lot of common opponents. But they come out and they beat Goshen, by roughly, actually more than what Hobart did. And Mishawaka only beat Goshen by 20. Um, some of the other matches there, uh, we looked at some close scores, compared uh, the three matches with Jeffersonville. Columbus East beat Jeff by 41, whereas Bloomington South only beat him by six. Franklin beats them by 40. And, uh, you know, it's not a perfect system, but at some point you have to look at the actual results and, and, and use them to make your decisions. Um, trying to look at what the other uh, close ones were. And if anybody has any complaints about the pairings, just blame yeah, this guy. Yeah, you just blame me. <laughs> um, you know, we also looked at the, when we were looking at the top seeds, we looked at the matches against Perry Meridian. The two teams in 3A who had wrestled Perry Meridian were Columbus East and Franklin. Perry Meridian loses by 26. Columbus East loses by 22. That's a pretty impressive score. There is a 
as I was saying earlier, there is a very big difference between the 4A schools and the 3A schools right now. Right now, the seventh best team in 4A is beating the best team in 3A. So really, all the 4A teams in the top 8 or 10 are better than the, the, the top teams in 3A. So what you're saying is the people are where they need to be. Yeah, well, and, and looking at it too from a Franklin and Columbus East, losing to, to Perry Meridian by 20, you may say, well, that doesn't tell you much. Well, the teams at the bottom of 3A or the teams in 2A, none of the teams in 2A would be within 20 points of Perry Meridian. Uh, at this point, the, w- the way that I'm seeing it. So that's some of the things that we have to look for. Uh, like I said, Franklin is the only past winner of this event, so there's seven other teams who have uh, either participated before or are participating for the very first time, and uh, I'm looking forward to them having. I think the only new participant is East Central, although I'm not sure if Hobart has attended before. I do not believe Hobart has been in it. I'm sure someone in this chat will probably say something pretty quickly because we've got quite a bricky following here. <laughs> and as I said, Pat Culp was going to send us a text, and she has, and we were correct. The winners of the first round are going to be in the top four, and the losers in the first round are going to be in the bottom four, and there won't be that opportunity to wrestle all the way back to, to third place. Okay, so where are we, Rex? We need to go to our next spot here real quick. i got to find it. Well, if you're going to stay true and uh, break this into our regular four sessions, that'd be fine. Yep, still looking for that perfect gift for the golfers in your life? Cross Creek Golf Club has you covered. The pro shop at Cross Creek here in Decatur will be open this Tuesday and Wednesday from noon until 5. Save up to $100 on memberships this Wednesday. Buy a gift certificate in any denomination. All remaining inventory has been reduced for Wednesday's pre-Christmas blowout sale. The pro shop will close Wednesday and then reopen on January the 18th. That's Cross Creek Golf Club, located on US 224, right below us here at the Double Eagle. With that, I'm going to send it back to Studio Steve Rouse, running board for us for a round of messages. We'll come back with the what class you're going to go to now? 4A. 4A will be up right after these messages from our fine sponsors. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur in between 224 and 124 on 400 West. We are open all winter long. Come check out our large selection of houseplants. We have snake plants, succulents, ficus, and so many more. Heller Nursery is always a season ahead, so stop in during the winter months to plan for spring. New crops are available weekly. Check out Heller Nursery's Facebook page for current selection and specials. We are open seven days a week, year-round. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. 
Welcome back to the Hager Stephner Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted here at the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Rex, we're along with Dane Filling and our special guest, Joe Caprino, as we're in the second portion of our show, the uh, pairing section for the team state, and we've completed 4A, and now we're ready for 3A. Flip that. We were done with 3A, and we're I'm ready sorry. for 4A. It's okay. It's okay. We're on the 4A bracket reveal now, <coughs> and uh, Rex, we mentioned earlier that in 3A we have just one former champion, in uh, Franklin, in this 4A field, we have four of the eight teams have already won a team state title in its current format, winning the 3A tournament. Brownsburg won four years in a row from 2016 to 2019. Cathedral is the defending champ after a great tournament last year. Modern Day has only won this event once. That was in 2015. And Perry Meridian won it the very first year way back in 2013. So our team's... Uh, this year involved are Avon, Brownsburg, Carmel, Cathedral, Chesterton, Evansville Modern Day, Perry Meridian, and Warren Central, alphabetically. And uh, there are, I believe, three teams in this field who are undefeated, although really only two teams because after the Marion County Tournament, Warren Central beat Perry Meridian by, what was it, 20, 25 points? Yes. Something like yeah. that. So the only two teams left that are undefeated are Modern Day and Warren Central. And unlike 3A, 4A has a ton of common uh, and head-to-head opponents. So the, 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 the decision-making was a lot easier for 4A because the teams have already wrestled each other, and uh, that made it a little bit easier than the, than the 3A field. So overall, the number one seed in 4A is going to be Evansville Modern Day. As we said, looking for their first team state title in six years. And, Rex, i got to tell you, they wrestled Floyd Central uh, this weekend. And Floyd Central has a very good team with three or four studs who are, you know, potential medalists. And I believe Evansville Modern Day won 69-6. A very impressive showing. I have Floyd Central uh, as one of the top five or six teams in 3A. And for Modern Day to come through and beat them that handily was very impressive. So Modern Day's first-round match is going to be against Avon. I know in years past we've had some complaints about teams wrestling, uh, teams that they've already seen before once. Um, in this case, there was really no way to avoid it. Uh, unfortunately, Avon right now with several uh, forfeits in their lineup just are, you know, they're easily the worst team in this field right now, and so they're going to get paired against Modern Day. So they will wrestle each other again. On that same side of the bracket then will be Chesterton and Brownsburg. And I tell you what, Rex, uh, Warren Central sets themselves apart by being undefeated. But from one to six or seven here, these teams are so close. And if you look at some of these head-to-heads, you know, Warren Central beats Cathedral 33-32. to Warren Central beats Brownsburg 33-29. to These are swing matches. We're talking about one escape, one takedown, one call, one stalling call is the difference between these teams. Uh, and I think from two to six, uh, there are arguments to be made for all of these teams to be uh, seated higher than, than, than what they actually are. So on the one side with Modern Day and Avon will be Chesterton and Brownsburg. Modern Day is 7-0. and Avon comes into the tournament 3-8. and Chesterton is 12-1 and with their uh, one loss to Crown Point. Brownsburg is 7-1. and They lost to Warren Central 33-29. to 
Looking at the other side of the bracket, the two seed then is Warren Central, who I said were undefeated. Warren Central has beaten Brownsburg, Avon, Cathedral, and Perry Meridian at the Marion County Tournament. Very impressive start to their season. They have a very good um, lineup. Um, also worth mentioning that they had a coaching change over the summer as Coach Tante uh, left and went to Franklin, and so kudos to them for uh, going through that transition. What's that? Uh, Tante has been at Franklin for two years. Oh, that's the, the second year. year. You're right. It is. Time flies when it's having fun. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but still, uh, they haven't missed a beat from, from going to one of the, one of the top coaches, um, you know, losing one of the top coaches in the state to going to a new coaching staff. And uh, uh, really impressive what they've been able to do. And I know Belmont hasn't seen Warren Central now for two years, but uh, we used to see them at Cathedral. Uh, and they have a, a very, very good lineup. So Warren Central is going to wrestle – uh, the Carmel Greyhounds and Coach Pendoski's team. They come into the tournament at 9-1, and one, and their only loss is to Perry Meridian by 10. And then in the 3-6 matchup, that will be the Irish of Cathedral and Perry Meridian. And Cathedral is 7-1 and one with their one-point loss to Warren Central. And Perry Meridian is 10-0 and oh in duels. And like I said, second place at the Marion County Tournament. Dana, and you may have said this, but <clears throat> I did not hear. Who is hosting this uh, th- this 4A? Brownsburg is the host for <coughs> 4A. And it is worth mentioning that uh, you will be able to buy the online stream on track wrestling. And you will be able to access all four tournaments. You don't just have to buy the Coliseum uh, feed. You'll be able to, to toggle between all four classes and, and watch the best matchups. And then, obviously, you, you'll be able to follow those on the dashboard on, on, on track wrestling. And, and always, because of this old technology, radio is free. 92.7 WZBD is a free app, so to speak. And you can actually go in, on your phone. So for all you old-timers out there that don't want all that technology, just dial in a radio and sit back in your lazy boy and want, listen. Yeah, and we will have all of the 1A and 2A action, and uh, we'll try to provide as many scores as we can from the 3A and 4A tournament you know, we'll have during track our broadcast. We'll have track wrestling up, and we can follow all those. We may have to bring a couple extra laptops up there, but uh, we have a great vantage point at the Coliseum, and they work really well with us. And uh, I'll tell you what, Rex, the lasagna is awfully good there. <laughs> as soon as Pat uh, texted me and said that the Coliseum was on, that's what I told my wife. I said, I can smell the lasagna from here. You know, COVID's not going to change that? I don't know. It, we may hopefully it, the food will be better than the football state finals. And they gave us the prepackaged hot dog with a a, a little uh, single serving of mustard that had maybe was left over from Friday night before. I always brag about the ITSWA events, and that was the worst hot dog I've ever eaten in my life. So, <laughs> oh, I got one more spot to read here before we go to break. Where did I put it? The bad thing about coaching this year, there's less hospitality rooms. I'm losing a lot of weight. <laughs> That's a bad thing? <laughs> Rex, the Weber family here in Decatur, that's Brad, Mary, Blake, and, of course, Moose, are proud to support high school athletics by helping to sponsor our one-of-a-kind wrestling coaches show. With the civic-minded backing of families like the Webbers and our many local business advertisers, we are able to be the only radio station in Indiana to dedicate a show strictly to the great sport of high school wrestling. Once again, a big thanks to the Brad Weber family and all of our many sponsors. With that, I'm going to send it back to Steve Rouse running aboard for us as we're in uh, Section 2 of our uh, extended show here tonight. We'll be back with uh, the 1A and 2A pairings right after these messages. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. 
Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Welcome back to Hager Stephan Hershey's L High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted here at the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. We're into our extended play, uh, second portion of our show, where we are doing the uh, pairings for the team state, and now we've worked our way to 1A. Dane keeping the secret for uh, the 2A Belmont Braves, uh, closed, tight knit. We've got it right here. If anybody's at the bar and they want to come up and see it, I got it right here if you want to come see it. But uh, well, Rex, we have. Uh just four winners uh, all-time in 1A. Uh, the only team not involved in this year's tournament is Busco, who won the uh, tournament over Adam Central way back in 2014. Adam Central has won this event three times, 13, 15, and 19. Prairie Heights has also won it uh, three times, and that was back-to-back-to-back, 16, 17, and 18. And we had a new winner last year, and that was North Posey. Uh, it was kind of nice to see, uh, although we were rooting for Adam Central, to see a team from outside our area finally win the 1A tournament. And uh, North Posey, one of the best 1A teams that we've seen in a while. Uh, they've really upped their schedule in the last two or three years and are really wrestling some of the toughest teams from down south. And uh, th- they have a very good very good team this year. But that 1A, that 1A tournament last year was so close that after the first round it was like... One, 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 and everybody, everybody won and lost one. Yeah, Adam Central was actually in a in a pool last year that went one and one uh, all the way around, and it was the higher seed. I was talking to Coach Day at Newcastle, and uh, that's the first thing that he told me. He says, "I don't care where you guys seed us, just don't put us with Adam Central because Adam <laughs> Central knocked them out, and they ended up they were the highest seed if I remember right in that pool, but they ended up finishing last." There was a tie between them and Southridge and AC, and they got put in the in the ninth to twelfth place match, and then they they won easily won their last two matches. And he said we didn't even 
we didn't really get to compete after that, and we kind of had our hopes up. So uh, there are no pools this year. It is a straight bracket in the 12-team 1A and 2A tournaments. So we have a little bit different setup. The top four teams are going to get a bye, and then the other eight teams are going to wrestle once, uh, and then and then we'll, we'll, we'll fan out from there. So we'll go ahead and bring you the 1A pairings. Uh, there was a lot of discussion and talk and head-scratching uh, at who was going to be the top seed at 1A between Tell City and North Posey. Uh, I know in our preseason rankings in the preseason magazine, I believe Tell City was right up there with North Posey. Uh, we went back and forth. Tell City ended up not wrestling up until last week. Uh, but the, the, the six matches that they've wrestled, um, that they wrestled up to this weekend and then they wrestled again on Saturday, really just sort of put them just a few inches ahead of North Posey. And Tell City enters the uh, tournament then at 8-1, and one, and they will be the number one seed. The number two seed also getting a bye then is North Posey. Those two teams will be opposite each other. Uh, they come in at 13-3. and three. Cowan just came off a, uh, uh, an individual tournament win at Rochester at the McKee Invitational. They are 4-0 in duels and making their team state debut. Coach Abbott obviously was our, our guest last week. And then Prairie Heights, three-time uh, team state champions, will be the number four seed. Those are your four teams who are going to get a bye. Not to delay, but that was one of our best shows ever last week with Coach Abbott on the show. Yeah, yeah. He did a great job, and, and <clears throat> it was a lot of fun. So... In those first-round matchups, then, uh, awaiting the number one seed will be the winner of South Adams and Manchester. Uh, South Adams enters the tournament at 7-4, and four, Manchester at 8-2. and two. Uh, And to be real honest with you, um, we didn't spend a whole lot of time deciding who was going to be the eighth seed and who was going to be the ninth seed, but those two teams sort of lined up that way. Um, and really were interchangeable as to whether who was eight or nine, they were going to wrestle each other anyway. Uh, so the winner of South Adams and Manchester will wrestle Tell City in the uh, semifinal. And then uh, awaiting North Posey, who I said were 13-3, and three, will be the winner of Rensselaer Central and Bluffton. And one of the real conundrums that was, was placed upon the, the seating committee this year was what to do with these teams that don't have a whole lot of matches in because of quarantine and Rensselaer Central is one of them they have just one match in uh, but talking with the coaches looking at the lineups who's on your team what's your lineup going to look like we tried to do the best that we could they end up with a seventh seed and they will wrestle Bluffton and I know Rex you and I saw a Bluffton team that really wasn't complete at the ACAC duels a team that you and I were really high on at the beginning of the year we haven't quite seen the best Bluffton team that I think we're going to see yet. You know, they, they've still got uh, probably their best wrestler out, but uh, by this time he will be back in the lineup. Yes, I think so. And then <coughs> remember, too, uh, Belmont has Bluffton on our broadcast uh, the week after, after Team State. So Bluffton enters the tournament at 4-3, and three, and Rensselaer Central, like I said, just has the one match, and uh, they will wrestle, the winner of that match will wrestle North Posey in the semifinals. Awaiting number three, Cowan, who gets the bye in the first round, will be the winner of Adam Central and Southmont. 
Adam Central enters the tournament at 11 and 5, or they're currently 11 and 5, I should say. They'll have one more match on Wednesday. No, wait a minute here. You didn't give that Colin Blackhawk team that number three ranking just because Tony would come up here and you want to boost up his ego a little bit. No, no, I didn't. We've had how many of these coaches now have been on our show? We're trying to get Brett Smith to come, but, you know, maybe if he would have come, we would have given him the three seed. I don't know. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, Adam Central is 11 and 5, and Southmont is 4 and 1. The winner of that match will wrestle Cowan in the semifinal. And then awaiting Prairie Heights. Uh, Prairie Heights 11 and 3 will be the winner of Centerville and Wabash. Centerville 11 and 1. Their only loss, Rex, is to Jay County, who has entered the 2A field. Wabash is 5 and 4. And Rex, I want to remind you that Trevor Gray, uh, auctioneer and realtor, has a new listing in uh, downtown Monroe, Indiana, listing for $99,900. If you are interested in purchasing a property on uh, Washington Street in Monroe, call Trevor Gray, auctioneer and realtor in Decatur. He's proud to support local high school wrestling. And if you want to sell or you want to buy, you only need to make one call, and that's to Trevor Gray, 223-7503, and ask him about the market. That's Trevor Gray of Crookerberg Auction and Realty. With that, we're going to send it back to Studio Steve Rouse one more time for a round of messages, and we'll come back with the two ace team state drawings right after this. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. The trained and knowledgeable staff of surgeons at Adams Memorial Hospital are dedicated to personalized care in surgical services. General surgeons Dr. Megan Arntz and Dr. Jennifer Taylor and orthopedic surgeon Dr. David Coates use the latest technology to perform a variety of procedures. The trained staff serves your surgical needs by providing individual care in a safe environment along with education for you and your family. Welcome back to our final segment of Hager Septon Hershey's Elt High School Wrestling Weekly as we're in the uh, pairing show for the team state. And now all you uh, local Belmont fans that have hung around for all night long as uh, Dane has dragged out the suspense. But uh, now it's time for the 2A pairing section of our show. And Rex, just like the 1A tournament, there are four schools who have won the 2A event. Uh, The most wins belong to Yorktown. They've won this event four times. <coughs> they dominated the tournament early, winning in 2013, 14, and 15. Belmont uh, beat them in 2016. Actually, Belmont didn't beat them. I believe they beat Jimtown, who beat Yorktown. But uh, Yorktown came back and beat Belmont in 2017. And then Wawasee won in 2018. Wawasee is in the field this year. Western came back and won in 2019 in one of the best championship matches that we've ever had uh the final bout i think it was tied joe do you remember was it it was within two or three points and the 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 final bout went into uh overtime to decide who was going to win that that team state tournament and then obviously last year belmont beat garrett for the 2a title in 2020 and that came down to the final match 
It did. And uh, two teams that had seen each other just two weeks before. And uh, not the greatest uh, example of the seeding committee's dominance of uh, past years as uh, neither the one seed nor the two seed made it to the finals. You do the best but, you can, uh, Dane. That's all I can it, say. It was, it was a heck of a lot of fun, and there were some great matches. Columbia City comes through and beats Oak Hill and then uh, meets back up with Belmont, and Belmont beats them for a second time, and then Belmont beats Garrett for a second time, and uh, Western uh, did not make the finals, but uh, a great tournament last year and really a great example of what this uh, event can be when you get 12 teams who are ready to, to compete. So, Joe, if, if Carroll's not competing at that time, do you sneak down and watch, do you sneak down and watch that match when uh, Belmont was wrestling Car- uh, Garrett? Uh, where do your old loyalties lie in that, in that matchup? Oh, I, I go watch all, all the matches I can when I'm down there. Um, it's, you know, I'm in heaven there. I, I, th- th- that's a time I kind of wish I wasn't coaching and didn't have those responsibilities. Because <laughs> I'm just a big fan. I mean, you have 12 matches of wrestling going on in top, you know, the top 20, 30 teams in the state are all wrestling and i'm in heaven you know you're i'm, I'm like oh man i'll go watch this match down here on mat one or whatever and then their mat eight has a different good match and well last so. year there were so many kids you had ones <laughs> versus twos and threes versus fives i mean there were so many individual head-to-head matches that it was just like star-studded field yeah and the uh the announcers at the coliseum have done a great job over the last few years <clears throat> that you always know when you have two state champions going head-to-head because there's just this crowd amassed around. Even though one guy is a Yorktown guy. Yeah. And uh, they went all the way around, and uh, we've seen that in, in the last couple of years uh, where they sort of announce that a big, a big match is coming, a big bout, and uh, everybody crowds around, and it's kind of hard to, to figure out what's going on uh, from a distance. But uh, we're going to miss not having the 3A and 4A there, but uh, there's going to be some great duels, and you're really going to be able to, to follow along with uh, – with what the team scores are and how that goes. So, Rex, let's go ahead and reveal the uh, teams that are involved in uh, 2A. Uh, Alphabetically, that is uh, Belmont, Garrett, Jay County, Jimtown, and then all the news, New Haven, New Castle, New Prairie, Norwell, Oak Hill, Mount Vernon, Western, and Wawasee, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Just to, to make sure everybody understands, Boonville, backed out of the tournament. They were in a quarantine situation, did not feel that they were going to be able to compete, and it was not in their best interest. Their coach was really upset about it, called me, said, hey, you know, we don't want to be the team that, that just cancels, but this isn't what's best for our program, and our kids are bummed about it. Uh, there was a, a process in place to uh, have a backup team, and that team was Bishop Dwenger, and Bishop Dwenger declined their invite. Uh, so from there, uh, Greg Ratliff and I tried to identify who the best uh, 2A team was that was going to be able to participate, and uh, Jay County has been added to the field. And uh, we certainly wish Boonville uh, the best of luck going forward in the season and hope that they recover and are, are, and are able. I was really excited about their team. They're a team that's kind of been on the fringe of 2A in the last couple of years, but uh, I know that they were excited to uh, come up to Fort Wayne and, and participate. With Jay County, 19 matches on a season, that's, that's a great fit for that, that spot anyways. Yeah, and they've won 18 in a row since losing to Hamilton Southeastern, 42-30. to 30. I, November 15th or 16th is one of the very first days that you could wrestle a match when they, when they did that. So the overall number one seed uh, and the no, no, overall number two seed are going to be last year's finalists, number one Belmont and number two Garrett. Uh, Belmont, as we said, just has the two matches. They are one and one. Garrett is nine and one. The other two teams receiving a bye in the first round will be Western 
and Mount Vernon uh, of Posey County. Western enters the tournament at 5-0, and oh, and Mount Vernon is 13-2. and two. Uh, Then awaiting the number one seed, the winner of New Haven and Newcastle will wrestle Belmont in the semifinals. New Haven also dealing with a quarantine situation. They are just 3-1. and one. Uh, Newcastle, meanwhile, 5-2. and two. Newcastle still kind of struggling to get a full lineup together. I talked to Coach Black yesterday. Uh, he wasn't quite sure that they were ready to compete uh, with the top four or five teams here, but they're really looking forward to uh, building their program around uh, returning to the Team State Tournament year after year. So Belmont will wrestle the winner of New Haven and Newcastle for their first match. On uh, the other side of the bracket, Garrett will be awaiting the winner of Jimtown and Norwell. We said that Garrett is 9-1, and one, Jimtown is 11-1, and one, and Norwell is 5-5. Five and five. The winner of the uh, Jimmies and the Knights will wrestle Garrett in the semifinals. The number three seed we said was Western. They are 5-0. and oh. They will wrestle the winner of Oak Hill and New Prairie. And Rex, you and I both know Western and Oak Hill is quite a rivalry already. Uh, New Prairie not to be overlooked, though, from uh, Oak Hill's perspective. Oak Hill is 4-1 and one so far. Uh, and, you know, Oak Hill was kind of the feather in the cap for Cowan as we look back at the 1A field. We talked to Coach Abbott about that. They had a one-point win. I know Oak Hill uh, might have been missing a, a guy or two there, but a very impressive win for Cowan a couple of weeks ago. So Oak Hill enters at 4-1. and one. New Prairie is 14 and 2. Uh, looking back, Jimtown beat New Prairie 43 to 33 for one of the head-to-heads here at 2A. And then awaiting um, let's see, Mount Vernon will await the winner of Jay County and Wallace. Jay County, as we said, has won 18 duels in a row. They are 18 and 1, and Wallace is 5 and 4. So Joe, what jumps out to you there at the uh, the 2A bracket. A lot of even teams. Um, I know a lot of teams have had struggling with some quarantine issues, and at this level you're going you're gonna to see a lot, lot bigger drop-off when you have a, a couple kids out of the lineup um, from your varsity JV up at 3 and 4A. You're not going to have – you're going to have a drop-off, but they, those teams are always going to have solid backups no matter where they are, and they, can, they have a little bit more ability to bump around and stuff. So it should be some good matches. Um, obviously, you know, the, the Garrett-Belmont uh, starting to become a little bit of a rivalry. And then um, you got Western Oak Hill. They're going to be most like they could be likely seeing each other. That they're uh, they're no strangers. They see each other sectional and regional and uh, beat up on each other all the time. And sometimes those duels are the best when you don't need a scouting report. You don't need to make any phone calls. You know exactly. You don't you don't even need a program. You can identify the other team because you know you know you know the, you know the faces. Well, one of them's going to have a lot of shepherds on it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, that, that'll be a great semifinal match if Oak Hill is able to get past New Prairie. Um, and then, obviously, the winner of Western and Oak Hill or New Prairie is going to have to face Garrett. And Coach Krause is still uh, – he's been texting me the last four or five days. Every time he gets a negative test, he texts me and says, hey, we got another negative test. We're good. And uh, I know he's really excited to have his full lineup. And um, – Garrett, you you went up and saw Garrett while I, had, I was. I had to Garrett Garrett positive with, the, match, with yeah. the virus, and, and they have a full <laughs> roster. 
Coach Krause has a great program up there with, with kids who are really buying into it, and I know that to win a team state title would, would really mean uh, a lot to the Railroaders. And, and Adam Central did not wrestle as well as they wanted to in that match, and I think they felt that they could have gave Garrett a little bit better match than they did. Than they did. And looking at the – as we tried to finish this uh, – seating up this afternoon and as I went back through and I looked at some of the matchups and what it was going to mean and who was going to be facing a former school that they had wrestled at or that they had coached at when I look at this 2A tournament and I think about all of the coaches that I've talked to over the last six weeks or over the last couple years uh, there are a lot of coaches who really put a lot of value in this tournament and will really take this tournament seriously and will really live and die you know, in the next two weeks with their boys talking about, okay, we need to do exactly this. And there are going to be some coaches who make some lineup moves. You know, this guy is our regular 170, but we may be able to use him at 195. So he's going to weigh in at 172.1 so that we can move him up. Uh, Those are the things that I really like about this tournament. Uh, When you have a group of coaches who come into the tournament, not just, well, we're going to get some matches in today, but are really gunning for what they think they can earn. Maybe they can't win it, but, man, if we could get third place, that would be a great finish for us. Well, I and think uh, that's what this tournament has became, has become because uh, the first couple of years they had it and it just kind of was gaining steam a little bit, but the last few years when it's taken place at the Coliseum, I think people respect the tournament that it has become, the way it's been so well run, and uh, I think it's something that coaches can get behind and support as a, as a new, um, you know, tradition going forward well and i think one of the big changes that they made that helped with that was the expansion from eight teams to 12 teams and i think joe you know historically the way the teams qualify with the qualifying system from last year's teams though at the state tournament we were leaving out some teams who were just outside of that top eight they were finishing ninth or tenth or eleventh and some of those teams that have had to been voted in in april have been the teams that have been very competitive come december or january yeah, I think that the addition of the 12 teams uh, definitely made it so you're not missing. You're, you might be missing one or two, and there are teams that kind of just kind of have some younger guys that really take big jumps in the offseason. But pretty much you're getting all the teams. I know if the uh, four, three and 4A level right now, it the margin with eight teams, the margin for error is very small. I know we we were in the mix and then had a couple things not go our way, and all of a sudden, I mean, we're not even close because that, all those teams are all that good, and you can't have a margin for error. You have a couple of injuries. You've got a kid that, you know, should be going to state, maybe gets upset and won the rounds. That, that's going to affect your team, and especially that 4A level where that's it's cutthroat. So it's, it's going to be interesting watching the 4A and 3A uh, shake out over the, past, the next couple of years with only eight teams in there. And you see that even, you know, with the qualifying. The coaches know how many points things are worth. And they know that by getting, uh, you know, a warm body to weigh in instead of a forfeit at sectional at 2A and 1A is a big deal for those points. And, and they're making sure, especially if they're an underclassman, the fact that you have someone there. Um, and it's, it's kind of neat to see coaches really thinking about that qualifying process for a tournament that's 10 or 11 months away um, when, they're, when they're also supposed to be worrying about this year's tournament. So, Joe, I know that uh, since we kind of moved through this here pretty pretty rapidly, you do have this probably. All the results will probably be posted up on com. So people, if they were not following along with our show, heaven forbid they weren't listening to us, but they will be there available up so you can go and track them on com. correct? Yeah, yeah we have uh, posted on our social media, and then um, we'll have everything up on the website probably tonight when I get home. Um, just, you know, and, and the links to the track wrestling program that you can 
you know, get in there and watch it online. And, you know, that's what I'm going to be doing um, uh, in two weeks, sitting there on my computer about six screens up and watching wrestling and trying to... From the command center. Yes, yes. I'm going to have to get about three more monitors so I can uh, (laughs) keep track of all the matches. But it's actually a little bit easier. I know Mike says this all the time. He's like, I'd rather sit at home. I can watch, you know, four or five matches at a time. If I'm in person, number one, people are coming up and talking to me. Number two, I'm, you know... I have to go, you know, I'm, I'm putting in 20,000 miles. You and, know? and your bucket of popcorn doesn't cost you six fifty. Yes, yes, and you can have beverage <laughs> of your choice. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Dana, this has been a great show. I'm glad that uh, Joe came down and uh, was able to run the uh, IndianaMat.com side of it. i really like to thank all of our sponsors who uh, allowed us to bring this two-hour-long show. I'd like to thank our uh, station owner who's really got behind us and supported this uh, radio show that we consider the greatest wrestling talk show in the state of Indiana. Uh, along with all of our fine sponsors, I'd like to thank Steve Rouse for running aboard for this extended version. And uh, I'd like to thank our, our hosts here at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill as uh, tonight's special, the fish basket. I'll tell you what, that's some of the best fish I've had in a while. And uh, if if you're not coming to Double Eagle to watch our show, just come out and eat here in anyways because Jason and the crew out here do a fantastic job of, uh, of food and spirits that uh, help make this a great place to stop in. And make sure that you listen to uh, next week's show on Monday. We'll have Coach Eric Myers here as we uh, probably go more in-depth probably on the 2A and 1A side as uh, Coach Myers obviously competing in the 2A tournament now with his Jay County team. And uh, he has seen now... He's seen Centerville, Adams Central, uh, Bluffton, South Adams. You know, he's seen almost half of the 1A field. So uh, we'll preview South Adams and Bluffton and Adams Central's opponents in 1A. We'll take a look at Bluffton and Norwell and Jay County's opponents in uh, 2A. And it should be a great uh, hour show. And definitely listen to the, to the podcast uh, for some extra content after that. Any other final comments you have, Joe, about the, the show that you were able to take part in this week? Oh, I mean, you got Eric Myers coming on next week. He has the finest beard in the state. I mean, <laughs> anyone, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in enamored by that beard. That thing is nice. Well, they need to get Grant Mosier to be part of the South Adams coaching staff because Jesse Viasco's got a pretty handsome beard too, but Grant's is, Grant's is out there. So, yep. Um, thank you guys for having me. Um, definitely love doing this. Love listening to you guys online every week, uh, every Monday night. So, um, and we do appreciate you putting our podcast out on your page to make it more available. We have a, our own podcast page, but uh, we enjoy the, uh, the quick link on com as well. But we, still, we still, Joe, we still brag about when we interviewed Mike Gable last year at uh, State when he told us that he was listening to the show through the podcast on Indiana Matt. Rex and I both about had a heart attack, the and, fact that and, yeah, he listened. And then when he told me, he said, I can't believe how professional you were, Rex. And then I was like, <laughs> So if uh, Coach Gable's listening, uh, we, uh, we wish the uh, modern-day Wildcats the best of luck in the 4A tournament. And that 4A tournament is going to be something. I mean, it's really going to be – you're going to see multiple duels where both teams have less than 30 points, where there's going to be 10, 11 decisions out of 14 and uh, we're going to see some real previews of what could be uh, matches under the lights in February. There's just a lot of 2A state, uh, 2A teams that are saying, thank goodness the Cathedral and Modern Day don't <laughs> yeah. wrestle in the class they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, it would be a little bit different tournament if Cathedral and Modern Day chose not to move up. Um, that, that definitely would change things a little bit. You know, but that's like if, if uh, St. Ed's wanted to wrestle Class A because they were a small school. They just don't do it because that's not the caliber wrestling they want to be at to uh, compete. And I think wrestling is, is probably one of the few sports where almost all of the coaches in the sport have that mentality. We want to see the best competition where we can be competitive. 
I mean, obviously, you know, North Posey wrestles a couple of duels with some of those big schools, but North Posey knows they're not going to beat any of the top eight teams in 4A. <coughs> but Cathedral and Modern Day know that they can beat those teams, and so that's where they choose to compete. So once again, we would like to uh, thank everybody for tuning in and uh, thank Joe for attending. And uh, uh, tune in next week as we're back to our Monday night schedule, although Sunday night's a pretty hopping in place here at the A Clubhouse Grill, Dane. It has been, and we uh, appreciate everybody that came out tonight. So with that, we're off, and uh, tune in. Uh, Dane and I will be on the air the 23rd, Adam Sanford versus Columbia City. Yes.